Welcome, 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 boys and girls, geeks and nerds, to another edition of geek to me Radio. Today I am joined in studio by Tom Stockman from We Are Movie Geeks. We are talking about the King Baggett tribute that's happening at the Missouri History Museum on September 28th. And we'll be talking about so much more. Stand by. Today, as I said, we have Tom Stockman in the studio with us from We Are Movie Geeks. This upcoming September 28th, down at the Missouri History Museum, they are doing a King Baggett tribute. St. Louis actor who uh, Tom and I were talking about before the show, not very well known in St. Louis about 100 years ago. Everyone knew who he was. That's right. And we're going to talk to Tom about that. Tom, thanks for coming down to the studio. Yeah, thanks for it. having me. I appreciate it. So, uh, just kind of set the stage. A hundred... hundred years ago. Yeah. This guy, King Baggett, was the most popular movie star in the world. I mean, I can't overstate how popular this guy he was. He was, you know, Brad Pitt and George Clooney and, and Tom Cruise all rolled into one. Uh, the, the women loved him. The men envied him. He, he, was, he was literally the first movie star. Period. And I say that because before King Baggett, movie stars weren't credited in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when King Baggett came along, he, he started starring in these silent movies. He started his career around 1909. And, and women especially just loved him. And they were writing to the studio saying, who is this guy? King Baggett, was, he was tall. Uh, he was handsome. He had uh, this dark hair with this white streak through it. And he had these uh, bright blue eyes. And, and the type of film they used back in those days made his eyes even brighter and, and sort of a light gray. So women would just swoon over this guy. So they decided to credit him. So it would be, oh, a movie starring King Baggett. So he was the first actor that people went to a movie to see that movie because a certain actor was in it. And he was from St. Louis. So, and that probably weren't a lot of St. Louis actors big time back then, especially. So it's kind of odd that nowadays, you and I were talking about the, mm-hmm. the St. Louis Walk of Fame. Yeah. He's the only actor to have one on the Hollywood Walk That's of right. Fame, but not in St. Louis. That's right. But there were, you know, there were a lot of silent film stars from St. Louis. I mean, you got to keep in mind, at the turn of the century, 1900, St. Louis was the third largest city in the country. Mm-hmm. So there were some. Patsy Ruth Miller, who started in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, for example, she was from St. Louis. But the reason that nobody remembers King Baggett is because all of his films are lost. Uh, chalk it up to the lack of foresight and in, in silent film preservation. They just didn't hang on to these films. And there's, there's a few reasons behind that, and I could, I could get into it. Um, for example, I mean, what, what is film? Film is, uh, you know, uh, uh, some chemicals trapped between two pieces of plastic. And, in o- and over time, those chemicals would deteriorate. Or they were also very flammable, too. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. had to, uh, in, you had to store them in a certain, oh, certain temperature 
climate-controlled environment. Um, there, were, there was a way to transfer it to a less combustible type of film stock. That, that, that technology did exist in those days, but there was no foresight. It's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Why would they want to, right? Yeah. It's like, they just thought, oh, well, this is a film that people are going to enjoy, and they just it never crossed their mind that uh, 10 years or 50 years later somebody wouldn't watch it again. So these films that King Baggett started in, and his peak period, I would say, would be between about 1909 and about 1916 is when he was so huge. Um, but they, they never found a second audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the technology at the time, we, you know, mm -hmm. it was a novelty to have a radio and yeah. things like that in the yeah. house, a telephone. Yeah. So much less they would never have thought, oh, we can watch movies in our home on yeah. our TV one day. Right. So why preserve these things? Right. So he started in over 300 films. And, and, and like I said, a film in those days was, was called a one reeler and it lasted about 16, 17 minutes in that period. But he started in over 300 of these, all kinds of movies, comedies and dramas and melodramas and historical pieces. And he was the first actor, first American actor to uh, play a detective in a re in a recurring role in several mm. films. King the Detective, and the name of the detective was King Baggett, uh, uh, which isn't too clever. Um, <laughs> but his his whole career was a career of firsts, really, and it, it, he just deserves, I think, uh, some recognition in, in this town. And so the uh, the Ivanhoe, the movie yeah. Ivanhoe, which is uh, the one that you guys are showing mm -hmm. at the Missouri History mm -hmm. Museum on September twenty eighth. That was, like you were saying, it's a three-reeler. Yeah, that was an epic. epic. Yeah. yeah, that was an epic. And it's also the first example of a studio, a universal studio in this case, sending a cast and crew overseas to film on location. They took King Baggett, and they took the, the director, Robert Brizon, and they took uh, Leah Baird, who was the, um, the leading lady, and they, they got on a boat, and they uh, sailed 3,000 miles to... Um, Wales and there was Chepwith Castle in Wales. Chepwith Castle is a is a pretty popular tourist attraction over in Wales, and uh, they filmed Ivanhoe there on the grounds of Chepwith Castle. And everybody in in this town of Chepwith got involved, and it was a big it was a big deal. And it was like yeah, it was three reels, so right about oh forty six forty seven minutes. That was considered quite the epic. So it's kind of the first epic, the first Hollywood epic. And I saw somewhere that another movie Ivanhoe had been filmed somewhere in Europe. Uh, around that same time, yeah, but there was and there was a little bit of competition rivalry. There, there was one. It was made in England. England, okay. Yeah, it was. It wasn't called Ivanhoe though. Right. It was called the Jewess. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, and that that is long gone, and that's considered to be really bad. I, I, I do know that. Um, this Ivanhoe is actually pretty good. You know, the funny thing about movies made, you know, over a hundred years ago, especially around 1909. 1912 around that time they're they're so primitive that they're not sometimes they're more interesting for historical value than to actually sit through they're not that interesting i've got a i, I collect movies on 16 and 8 millimeter film i've got an uh, uh, a version of ben hur that was made in 1909 who and it is so terrible that it's <laughs> it's it's got the chariot race but they didn't even know what to do with the camera at the time so the camera is focused on Oh, one of the grandstands where people are cheering the entire chariot race, and about every thirty seconds you'll see you'll horses see like horses like just fly by <laughs> the camera, and that's it. That's the chariot race because they didn't they didn't know how to position cameras. Even in, even in Ivanhoe, you'll notice. Well, you know why the heck is this main character's back to the camera at this time? Um, there's not a lot of art to it, but but I will say Ivanhoe is pretty lively for it today. There's there's sword fights, there's charging at the castle, there's burnings at the stake. It's 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 a fun film. I think with all the extras that they had in the film, I mm -hmm. think the cast added up to just around 400 people, something like that, that. And, and you know a lot of horses and right. costumes and which by today's standards that's yeah. a small indie yeah. film, 400 yeah. people. It's yeah. kind of again crazy to think back yeah. the way it was. 
um, with the, the tribute coming up, what all is involved in that that's going on on September 28th? Well, this is uh, the Tribute to King Baggett. This is actually the second time I've done the Tribute to King Baggett. I did it as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival two years ago. Um, so, and it's free. It starts at 7 o'clock, Wednesday the 28th. What you're going to get for free is a, is a movie, Ivanhoe, from 1913. And that will be accompanied by live music by the Rats and People Motion Picture Orchestra. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're a local group that accompanies silent films around town. They've been doing this for several years. They're, they're fantastic. They write original scores. Hmm. <clears throat> and so you'll get the movie with the live music by Rats and People Motion Picture Orchestra and a lecture. This is an illustrated PowerPoint lecture by me about the life and career of King Baggett. I have been collecting... Oh, uh, images and old newspaper ads and articles and things like that about King Baggett for a few years now. So, And that'll be on September 28th. If anyone has any questions also, I should throw out the listener lines. Mm -hmm. I tend to forget to do that. Uh, if you are here in the St. Louis area or points online, you can call us toll-free 855-770-1260. If you want to call in, ask any questions, uh, Tom is a movie mm -hmm. expert. He runs uh, wearemoviegeeks.com. That's right. And if you have any questions about that or, you know, movies in general, it doesn't have to necessarily be about Ivanhoe. But uh, if you want to call in, uh, get that number again, 855-770-1260. So this is the 103rd anniversary of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, King Bag, what was, like, his, you say, was active for about 20 years. So his last film would have been probably well, in the 30s? Look, he started making films around 1909. And he stopped making films as an actor about 1920. And then he became a director. He directed for Universal throughout the 1920s. He, he ended with an asylum period, though. He never made any sound movies. He only directed in the 1920s. Uh, he directed a Western called Tumbleweeds with William S. Hart that's very famous uh, Western, very influential Western. Um, that's probably his most famous movie he directed. And then after he stopped directing, he kind of sort of went back to acting, but he had, you know, by then he was pretty old. He was born in 1879. Right. So he would have been in his 50s when he stopped directing, early 50s. And he became a bit player. And this is part of my speech. I actually loaded up these DVDs that he has tiny, tiny parts in. Sometimes he's just a little bit player in the background. Hmm. And I made screenshots. And some of them I had to like circle. So there you could see, it's, it's like, where's Waldo or something? He, he's in the background. <laughs> like He's in the Black Cat with Boris Karloff and Bela oh, Lugosi. Nice. He's one of the devil worshippers that show up at Karloff's castle at the end. He doesn't have any lines, but there he is. All right, uh, we'll be talking more with Tom Stockman from WeAreMovieGeeks.com after this. This is Greg Grunberg, Snap Wexley from Star Wars, and it's all geek to me, my friends. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. This segment brought to you by Historic St. Charles and talking about things that uh, are, have been around for a while, like uh, Ivanhoe and King Bag at St. Charles, Missouri. If you go down there along Main Street, uh, it, it's really like stepping back in time. They have all the old historical buildings. There's the unique shops with things to buy you can't find anywhere else. A lot of great restaurants along there. And if you go to their website, historicstcharles.com, they have a list of calendar events for things that are going on every weekend. Christmas Traditions is coming up uh, here just after Thanksgiving. That's always the, the big draw down there for me. And there's a lot for you to do, whether you're into uh, history, whether you like art, you like good food, you just like hanging out in a nice place, take your dog walking down there, and... 
For the kids, they got three or four Pokemon stops down there along South Main Street. So there's something to do for everyone. You can go to historicstcharles.com to start planning your visit now and check out all the fun things there are to do, historicstcharles.com. I'm joined in studio by Tom Stockman. We've been talking about Ivanhoe and the King Baggett tribute that's going on at the Missouri History Museum on September 28th. And we were talking uh, with coming up for Halloween, we were talking mm-hmm. about the, the horror movies, and you were yeah. talking about the, uh, the Coffin Joe. Coffin Joe, yeah. We're doing a program called A Strange Night with Coffin Joe. And Coffin Joe's another uh, figure, movie figure, that people aren't as familiar with as they possibly should be. Coffin Joe was a... Uh, Brazilian actor and filmmaker and director who made these just bizarre movies in the 60s with strange titles like, you know, This Night I Will Possess Your Corpse and things like that. And they were they were way ahead of their time. They were extreme in terms of gore and violence, and they're really weird. Um, but they were never exported to the U.S. when they were new. So us horror movies, would, us horror movie buffs, I should say, would see photos in monster movie magazines of these things. We said, wow, what is that? This is back in the days before, you know, bootlegs of rare VHS right. tapes started circulating around. Um, and then we finally saw these things. And they're, they're really fascinating, these Coffin Joe movies. Um, and then in 2008, Coffin Joe is an older man. And he was, I think, 72. He's still around. He's 80 now. Um, made a, a new Coffin Joe movie as an old man called Embodiment of Evil down in Brazil still. And he needed someone to play the young Coffin Joe in some flashback sequences. Well, there's a local St. Louisan named uh, Raymond Castile. He's a good friend of mine. And Raymond looks just like the young Coffin Joe mm. and would dress up like Coffin Joe for different cosplay events and even made a, a short film called The Blind Date with Coffin Joe about just <laughs> what it sounds. He, he goes on a date with this woman. And uh, I guess Coffin Joe had seen some images of Raymond in the Coffin Joe outfit and flew Raymond down to Brazil to play the young Coffin Joe in these flashback sequences. So uh, at this event that we're doing, A Strange Night with Coffin Joe, which is October 9th at Webster University's Moore Auditorium starting at 7.30, we're going to show one of the vintage Coffin Joe movies from 1967, and then we're going to show this embodiment of evil. Eve Evil, and then Raymond Castile will be dressed up like Coffin Joe and, and will be co-hosting it. But he'll, he'll be speaking Portuguese, because so, that's what <laughs> Coffin Joe speaks. I right. Mean, he's got the whole thing down. It's, it, it's really going to be a remarkable and interesting presentation. So with, um, with that going on, mm. how, how long are those movies? They're just normal length normal movies, length 95 that we, that we know now. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah. Because I know we're talking about the, yeah. the earlier, older oh, movies yeah. being so short. I'd know if mm-hmm. these, because they're Brazilian and because they're a little mm-hmm. older, if they'd have any different running times. No, they're about the same as American. And so. if you want to check out these dates, because uh, I know we're throwing a couple at you, yeah. October 9th, September 28th, wearemoviegeeks.com. Yes. Yeah. We'll have all that info on there. Yes, and I've been writing a lot of articles about King Baggett as well. That's, that's kind of how I got started in this whole King Baggett thing was about five years ago, I directed an event called Vincentennial, the Vincent Price 100 birthday celebration, and I teamed up with a St. Louis historian named Steve DeBellis. Um, you may not know Steve, but, but remember the St. Louis Globe Democrat, that, yeah, that newspaper yeah. that you would see around? It was, it, right. was, it was interesting. The whole thing was just full of St. Louis trivia hmm. and history. That's what the St. Louis Globe Democrat was. And Steve DeBellis was the one-man newspaper guy. He wrote all the, he wrote 90% of the articles in there. Huh. He, he Laid out the laid it out, sold the ads, even delivered it. Um, but he was he was the one who sort of told me about King Baggett, about how King Baggett was this forgotten St. Louis and that everybody in St. Louis should be proud of and he should be on the St. Louis Walk of Fame, et cetera, et cetera. And he 
I, I was I, I, be, I became convinced that King Baggett was a, a worthy cause. And Steve and I, when we did the Vincentennial together, we teamed up and we did an all Vincent Price issue of the Globe Democrat. Well, two years ago, we were going to do an all King Baggett issue of the Globe Democrat. And we collected images and old newspaper ads. I wrote all these articles. Steve uh, wrote a couple of articles himself. But Sadly, um, two years ago in August, Steve died suddenly. Oh. Um, he was just 59, and mm. with him died the Globe Democrat. And we were unable to um, publish that all King Baggett issue. But I did start the King Baggett Tribute Facebook page. So all of the images that I found of King Baggett over the years, I put on that page, and the articles I put on um, WeAreMovieGeeks.com. In fact, uh, next week I have an interview with King Baggett's grandson, King Baggett III, that I'll be putting up on uh, WeAreMovieGeeks.com. And he, he has interesting stories. He worked in Hollywood. Hmm. He was a cinematographer for movies like Cheech and Chong, Up in Smoke, and Revenge of the Nerds, and things <laughs> like that. Um, you'll, so you'll see his name in, in credits, too. How yeah. old is he? <clears throat> oh, well, he's probably in his mid-70s now. Okay. He's retired. He hasn't worked in a while. But he was an interesting guy. He was a, a news cameraman in the 60s. Hmm. And he, got, he, he found himself in the middle of the Charles Manson trial, believe it or not. He and a, he and a reporter followed Manson's trail after, after Manson and his, or Manson's gang had murdered Sharon Tate and them. They had driven down a mountain road and had thrown all the bloody clothes off the side of the road. The police never found these bloody clothes, but King Baggett III and his reporter found the, the bloody clothes. So then Charles Manson, who was, oper was acting as his own attorney, tried to frame the murders on King Baggett. It's all in Vincent Bugliosi's book, Elter Skelter. Wow. It's an interesting story, but he goes, he goes into this, and then he became a, a cinematographer in Hollywood and, and had, a, had great success there. So now I can ask, what did King Baggett II do? <laughs> King Baggett II, he was he worked in Hollywood too. Uh, his name was Robert King Baggett. He um, was a assistant camera operator and a camera loader. You'll see his credits in some films too. Sadly, though, in 1962, he was in Hawaii filming a Walt Disney movie called um, Robinson Crusoe USN, starring Dick Van Dyke. And he was on a boat shooting shooting from a boat, some exteriors, and a wave knocked the boat over and he dropped. He was oh. just uh, in his. 50s, uh, early 50s. Yikes. Yeah, that was King Baggett the second, yeah. Hmm. So, a, a nice history yeah. uh, of the well, they, they, film they, they, in the, the family. Ba yeah, his, the King Baggett legacy lived on in, in Hollywood uh, after King Baggett, the, the, the original silent star. He, he died in 1948, yeah. So, is there a King Baggett the fourth? No, nah, not, well, I, I know King Baggett the third has two sons, but they're not in the um, movie industry. Okay. okay. I, I do know that, yeah. I'd, I'd <laughs> keep that going if no I was kidding. them. I mean, yeah. They got a hot streak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, like I say, he grew up in St. Louis. He went to CBC for high school. Yes. King Baggett. He was born in 1879. Went to CBC. Worked for the St. Louis Browns mm -hmm. in ticket sales at, yeah. at one point in time. He played for the St. Louis Shamrocks. That was the St. Louis's first soccer team mm. here. Um, so he has a, a rich history in St. Louis. He grew up over on Union, kind of in, in, in North, I guess it would be North City now. Right. Um, his house is still standing. I should go over to his house and like bang on the door and say, do you know that a big movie star exactly. grew up here? They probably throw something at me or something you never know yeah you never know yeah. you don't want to bang on doors and uh, yeah <laughs> just kind of yelling things at people. yeah that'll, yeah that'll start something for sure yeah. we're going to talk some more uh, about king baggett and the king baggett tribute that's going on at the missouri history museum and once again i'll throw it out there if you'd like to call in and ask any questions 855-770-1260 and we're also in this last segment going to uh in our last segment try to get a hold of larry kirchner who's with the darkness haunted theme park We'll uh, do some more talk with that about the onset of Halloween and all the stuff we're gearing up for, the haunted houses, and much more. We'll be back right after this. We've got some exciting commercials planned for you, so stand by. 
My name is Sylvester McCoy. I want you to listen to Geek to Me Radio. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll cry. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. This segment brought to you by Hendel's Restaurant. Hendel's located on St. Dennis Street in beautiful, historic Florissant. And I know a lot of people in St. Louis, they kind of have this feeling they don't want to cross a bridge. They don't want to drive. Well, I don't want to go over here. It's it's fantastic to get out and try new places. And if you've never been up to Florissant to go to Hendel's Restaurant, it really is one of those places you want to take some time. If you don't have dinner reservations, it's 334 right now. If you haven't got dinner reservations, maybe give them a call. 837-2304. That's in the 314 area code. Or you go online, hendelsrestaurant.com. You can probably still get a reservation for this evening. And let me tell you, it's worth it. They have fantastic food. They've got drink specials, really nice wine bar. It's going to be pretty nice tonight. You probably can sit out on the patio or their porch. It's uh, it's just great food, great atmosphere. And it's someplace you really want to check out. If you've not been up there before, if you want to try someplace new, if you're feeling adventurous, check out Hendel'sRestaurant.com. They're located, as I said, on St. Dennis Street in Florissant. Christina and Nathan are fantastic people. They'll take good care of you. And when you get up there, raspberry pork. Mm. You're welcome. That's all I'm going to say, raspberry pork. Check out their extensive menu of appetizers, drink selections, and more. Hendel'sRestaurant.com. Very happy to have them as a sponsor of geek to me Radio. We are here in studio. We were with Tom Stockman from WeAreMovieGeeks.com talking about the King Baggett tribute. And we were talking, uh, just talking movies in general. Mm. And on, on your website, you do a lot of movie reviews. It's not sure. all historical stuff. So no, like no, you've seen course. some of the newer ones. And we were talking Blair Witch a little yes. earlier yeah. between the breaks. So did you, you end up liking I it. I did see the Blair Witch about a week and a half ago. Yeah, I liked it. Um, are you a horror movie fan? I am a big horror movie fan. Oh, so, yeah. So that's my background is all horror. As a horror connoisseur yeah. then... Yeah. Scale of 1 to 10, where would you place this latest Blair Witch? Oh, gosh. Well, it was scary. It got under my skin, just like the one did 16 years ago. Um, so I'd give it a solid 8, maybe. I don't know. I kind of liked, not, again, not spoiling anything, but I kind of liked oh. the way they kind of played with uh, time and space in this uh-huh. movie. They did a little, a, a little more. And, you know, it's presented as a, a sequel because it's, oh, i got to go find my sister from the first one. But really, it's a remake. I mean, their entire scenes, is they just kind of remade. But that's fine. Yeah, they did it yeah. well. Yeah, it, they it did. Was, they it did. was fantastic. Yeah. And it, uh, I went and saw it with uh, my friend Colin Jeffrey, mm-hmm. and he was he, he had his uh, Vivo Fit on, uh-huh. and he looked down, he noticed, he says, wow, <laughs> oh, yeah. the last 30 minutes, man, my, my pulse rate doubled. Uh, <laughs> it's it's slowly coming back down. Yeah. But it, it, it is one of those movies that they kind of don't let up for that last 30 minutes. Yeah. It's just nonstop, go, go, go. Oh, it's go. good. It's, I bet it does well this weekend. Hopefully so. Mm-hmm. And then, so as a horror connoisseur, what would you say top five favorite horror films? Of all time? Yeah. Well, I, I like the old ones. I like, well, I'd say Texas Chainsaw Massacre of 1974. A lot of it, I think, depends how old you were when you first saw it. Sure. You know, I know people that are six, seven years younger than me. They love Halloween from 1978. Mm-hmm. But I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre when it was new when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I just, could, I couldn't sleep for two weeks. And that's all, <laughs> that's all I talk, you know, that's all my friends and I would talk about. So that's still, you know, that's the one that got under my skin and the one that really I remember the most. So that's my favorite 
Um, I also like, you know, the old Universal classics. I love Bride of Frankenstein. I love King Kong. That's not really a horror film. That's more of a monster film. Yeah. But I, I love fantasy films like that and Jason and the Argonauts and all oh, the Hammer horror films from the 60s, Curse of the Werewolf and, and movies like that. Uh, but I love all horror films. We are talking Vincent Price earlier, yeah, who's yeah. another St. Louis movie star. That's right. And that's one of my uh, classic favorites is House of the Long Shadows. Mm-hmm. They had Christopher Lee and... Uh, yeah, uh, Peter Cushing Peter, and yeah. John Carradine. They're all, they're all in that one. Yeah, Vincent Price. Boy, he um, he was beloved in this city. And, and he loves St. Right Louis so. as well. You know, he grew up over on Forsyth and went to... Uh, MICDS, which was known as Country Day School back in those days. But he would always come back to St. Louis. He would come back and perform at the Muni. He did that several times mm-hmm. in the 70s. Like I saw him play Fagan and Oliver in, in 1976 when I was a kid. Um, he would speak at local colleges and high schools. And, uh, and he would always brag about the Saint, how great St. Louis was and how great the food was here. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's interesting because um, Tennessee Williams... Isn't, wasn't born in St. Louis, but he was raised in St. Louis, and he hated St. Louis. He was born, <laughs> he was born the same year as Vincent Price. Huh. And he, he said St. Louis smelled bad and all this stuff. Wow. And, but, but again, he, you know, he was gay, and he was probably oppressed in some ways, and or Vincent Price maybe had a happier childhood. But they want to build a statue to Tennessee Williams over there in Forest Park, and I'm like, why don't we build a statue to Vincent Price? He certainly had more nice things to say about our city than Tennessee <laughs> Williams did. Yeah, I always, always enjoyed Vincent Price, especially mm. his, oh, uh, yeah. his classic little end there in Thriller and the Michael Jackson song. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's well, that, I think that introduced him to a whole new audience. I think a lot of younger people um, know who Vincent Price is because of that. But he was very media savvy. He did a ton of television all throughout his mm-hmm. career. So so people were seeing him on their home on their home screens, and they say, well, there's that guy. Let's go out and see one of his movies as well. So his movies did real well. Oh, yeah. We, like I said, though, we did the Vincentennial, we called it, the Vincent Price 100 birthday celebration five years ago. And we had a Vincent Price film festival over at the um, High Point. Roger Corman, who directed all those great films, mm-hmm. was in town. And it was a big deal. It was a lot of fun. And if you want to hear more, wearemoviegeeks.com. Stick with us. We'll be back in just a moment on geek to me Radio. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. Today we've got a guest on the phone here. This is Tom and we're um, uh, Larry Kirchner from The Darkness Haunted Theme Park. Larry, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, so we were talking about uh, Halloween coming up. And if there's one thing you want to do in St. Louis on Halloween, it's to hit The Darkness Terror Visions. And The Darkness just opened yesterday. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that was a, a nightmare. <laughs> it nightmare in a good way? Uh, well, no, it was, uh, you know, every time you open on your first night, that's when you find out all the uh, problems, if you know what I mean. And then uh, it's like a tradition. Like, you scramble all day to try to open for the first time. Then you open, and then you get this laundry list of what you got to work on the next day. <laughs> right. And, uh, and you always get all, you know, try to get all the bugs out. Well, you guys must be doing something right, because I know the darkness in Sular there is one of the uh, most award-decorated haunted houses in America. Yeah, you know, and in fact, uh, well, uh, uh, a lot of the people around St. Louis don't know it, uh, but uh, uh, like, you know, the politicians, I I would say, because we've never had any of them visit, but uh, we've been on like almost every national 
you know, like a reality show, TV show. Mm-hmm. You can imagine. We, we had the people from the Mythbusters there, uh, the people from Ghost Adventures to uh, National Geographic Channel. We've been on Shipping Wars from there three different times. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, uh, national publicity. We were on the front page of the entertainment section of the USA Today many years ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, the biggest thing that we have um, is every year for the last eight years, we've done a tour um, for the entire haunted house industry um, at the darkness because the national haunted house and attraction shows here in St. Louis that mm-hmm. I help bring here. And so every year we open for people, you know, within the industry, which is always interesting. And it's not just the darkness too. You've got uh, terror visions and there's the, uh, the zombie laser tag you guys have coming up. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the other, uh, the other things you have going on. Well, you know, one of the reasons I would say that uh, last night was a little bit more complicated than normal is, you know, we we used to be in that uh, building that uh, is now an apartment complex, and I bought the building next door, which originally, uh, let's think about how the darkness has evolved over the last few years. But when I moved, uh, I bought the building directly next door. It's about 20,000 square feet. Um and then I built an addition onto that building um, to the back because there was a big lot back there. Mm-hmm. So we added another 16,000 feet. So that's when we added TerraVisions, our gift store, and our monster museum. Okay. And then we, then we had a shop under that. Okay. Because okay. we build attractions for people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Well, the shop wasn't big enough. <laughs> and we continually rented additional space, uh, most of the time down at the Lent Brewery. And then... Um, a year and a half ago, I bought the building connected to the darkness, which was about another 20,000 square feet. So um, over the last year, we've been building uh, in that building. On the first floor, we've been doing construction for our projects around the world. And upstairs, we've been building a new haunted house, which is called uh, Silo X. So every hmm. Friday and Saturday, um, it's a zombie-themed haunted house. And every uh, Sunday through Thursday, it's going to be zombie laser tag. And then also upstairs, we built our world-class escape rooms. And these things are major league. But uh, you know what was really interesting, though, is when we decided what kind of haunted house we were going to build up there, I always, Silo X was always a competitor to the darkness. And I always criticized it because it wasn't very good. And then when then they sold it to us because they wanted to get out of the business. When we had it, it was never good. So I <laughs> so I decided I want to do Silo X correct, like the, like I do the darkness. So we went all out. I mean, it is amazing. There is tons of giant monsters, zombies, special effects, and we built all the scenes. I mean, they're absolutely award winning, incredible. And then of course on the opposite side of it is the escape rooms, and there's three of those. Now, the escape rooms I know are very popular. Some friends of mine have done those before. Uh, that's basically you just ha- – what's what's the maximum amount in your party you can take into one of those? Well, we have three different escape rooms, and we have a beautiful lobby um, that we uh, laid out like an adventurous room or whatever. And um, we have three different escape rooms. One's called the Cellar Escape. Um, that's our scary one. Um, 
that's you know you actually have to put your hands in like dead bodies and stuff like that to find things (laughs) okay and by the way it is the most popular one um and then we have another one called the mummy escape uh you would think mummy you know it's not really scary it's more indiana jones Mm -hmm. um in fact uh, i don't want to give anything away but the very last scene in there is where you have to transfer a sandbag for a, an <laughs> idol. Just like Raiders. Get the door. Yeah, just like Raiders. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get the door open. And there's another Raiders of Lost uh, homage in there because there's a thing on the floor and you have to step on it in the right way. Otherwise, uh, you don't get the next clue. So, um, and then our other escape room, which we just finished, is called the Subway Escape. And that's where, like, you're on a runaway subway train. And you know, let me tell you something. The difference between ours and all the other ones in town is most of the other ones in town were probably built for $10,000, $15,000 a piece. I spent over $100,000 on each one. Okay? So my escape rooms, I probably could have built like 50 of the other ones. Okay? But I like to do things all out, like on the level. I don't try to compete with other people in town. I try to compete to be the best in the world because we build attractions for people in other countries. So I'm getting a lot of people wanting us to build escape rooms. And in fact, we just built five Hollywood-themed ones, like we did Ghostbusters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Escape and Titanic Escape and some other stuff, Friday the 13th, for a company in Washington, D.C. that's going to be on a reality TV show. So whenever I, I might have those clients come visit me, so I need my escape rooms in St. Louis to be like ones like people from around the world will say, these are the best ones we've ever seen anywhere, not just St. Louis. Right, right. St. Louis. Yeah, no, so from what I've seen, better. Yeah, from what I've seen, you guys have done a fantastic job. And if you want to check it out, if you're a listener right now, you can go to scarefest.com for tickets. And for more information, Larry Kirshner, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Hey, well, thanks for having us. And uh, you guys uh, come out, and uh, we'll make sure you have a great time. Absolutely, will do. Thank you so much. And we'll be right back with more right after this. We are back. For our final segment here on geek to me Radio, this segment brought to you by the Fantasy Shop. Four locations around the St. Louis area. Fantasy Shop is the official comic book store of geek to me Radio, and we're very proud to have them on as sponsors. You can check them out at their website, fantasyshoponline.com. And if you like comic books, they got you covered. If you like gaming, they got you covered. If you want collectibles, they got you covered. And they do it better than just about anyone else. Uh, when you go in there, the stores are, it's, 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 you feel like you're stepping into something special. Uh, their, their staff is always very helpful and it's really just, uh, it's a whole experience. For example, if you're into the gaming, uh, it's not just, you can go there and buy games. They actually have gaming stuff going on nightly. Again, you can go to the website, fantasyshoponline.com to check out their schedule for gaming events. I know this upcoming Sunday, tomorrow, the 18th, it's sneaking up on us already. 1 p.m. They have board games and other gaming at a live auction schedule at the St. Charles location. That's out there at 2125 Zumbel Road. And then later this month on the 27th, Fantasy Shop St. Charles has a Warhammer Conquest LCG. Starts at 7 p.m. The cost is free and you play for prizes. 
uh, playmat for first place, premier cards for first and second place, etc. You can check out all the information for all of your stuff, fantasyshoponline.com. And they've been in business since 1981 for any place in this economy to stay in business, much less do it for 35 years and expand four locations. They got to be doing something right. Fantasyshoponline.com, the official comic book store of Geek Me Radio. In our final segment, Tom's still here with us, mm-hmm. talking from wearemoviegeeks.com. Uh, to remind you again, the King Baggett tribute is September 28th at Correct. the Missouri History Museum. That starts right. at 7. Seven and you were talking about the live orchestra mm-hmm. that plays with that. Yeah. That the, the Rats and People Motion Picture Orchestra, you know, this is another sort of St. Louis treasure, these guys. They're an incredibly talented group of young musicians, and they accompany silent films. And they... They do, oh God, I want to say five or six shows a year. Um, usually at the St. Louis International Film Festival, they always do something. I worked with them last year. I did a, a presentation on Todd Browning, the great director who did Freaks and, and Dracula, and we showed a, a, a silent Lon Chaney film called The Unknown, and they uh, wrote an original score, and they played it. They've written this original score for Ivanhoe that they'll be performing uh, on the 28th. It's, sometimes there's five or six or seven people in this orchestra, and I, I got to rehearse with them two years ago. The first time we did uh, the King Baggett tribute, the, the print of Ivanhoe had Dutch intertitles. The one we're showing at the History Museum on the 28th actually has English intertitles. But, but because it had Dutch intertitles, I had to stand at the podium and, and shout out the English <laughs> translation of the intertitles. So I actually went over and, and worked with these guys when they rehearsed so they could you know, bring the music down so I could shout out what I needed to do. And it was fascinating watching these guys in, in their creative process. So but it really is talented. just like it was in the day. They had an orchestra mm-hmm. or something playing yeah, in the silent yeah. movie. So it really yeah. is going to be really cool to it see will. this. It will, no doubt. And so you can check that out, uh, the event for the Missouri History Museum, or there's also a link on wearemoviegeeks.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom reviews all sorts of movies. So we were just talking about Sully and uh, mm-hmm. and some of the other movies, um, horror movies especially in general. This is the the time for them to come out now in the yeah, fall yeah. season. So you can check them out. We are moviegeeks.com again. Tom, thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. And stay with us next week. We are going to have special guest Jonathan Katz in studio from Dr. Katz talking about an upcoming musical project he's been working on. You'll want to stick around and hear that. We thank you very much for listening. If you're listening to this on the podcast version, we hope you enjoyed it. You can send emails to geek2meradio at gmail.com. Until next week, see you then. Thank you, St. Louis. Good night.